Okay, so Skype decided to stop recording um, in the middle of a sentence, I do believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was frustrating. Um, what was your, because uh, you're the, the horror fan, um, what was your overall opinion of the book coming from the the horror side of it? Do you think it counted as horror or thriller maybe what do you think um so i will say as i i want to go into this saying uh this is a young adult ghost story this is not classified as horror it does not classify itself as horror i probably also from a horror perspective would not classify it as horror um i i'm inclined to believe that this that young adult fiction ghost stories if you want to count that as a subgenre is a more accurate um there are a couple ways that horror stories kind of approach ghosts and ghost lore that weren't really abided by or played with in this that made it feel not like a ghost story in a horror sense but it does have a lot of ya i don't want to say tropes but it has like a lot of nods to ya influences that i think is a little bit more um appropriate i think if you're someone that likes ya you're you're definitely going to be more inclined to enjoy this than if you're someone that likes horror um i had a couple issues with it i have a couple criticisms but i do think that it delves into some really interesting themes um and uh yeah and i think as a ya book it's very interesting it touches on a lot of demographics that i think are underrepresented in the ya genre so i think that's really important um and probably my favorite aspect of the book was the uh, was some of the representation in it. Yeah, I I think I have to agree that I you know as I got reading it um, and you know and into the story that I wouldn't have classified it as horror either. It's I mean it's closer to my kind of horror um simply because i don't read a whole lot of scary <laughs> scary stories um don't watch a whole lot of scary movies um but it it was more creepy thriller for mm-hmm. me um really than anything it you know because it did have the ghosts it did have the the possession um you know aspect to it so it you know it wasn't scary it wasn't the type of book that you know i'm not gonna read you know with the lights out um at night um and i did test that theory (laughs) (laughs) because i wanted to make sure um that you know that i would be able to say that with some confidence um and you know i did read it um you know before bed you know at night with the lights out um and it did not give me nightmares. It did got not, you know, keep me from going to sleep or anything. So it wasn't scary, um, but it did have those creepy aspects to it. It did have the the ghosties um, in it. Um, and I, the, I, I did have a couple criticisms as well. I did not like how Lila's bipolar was portrayed. I, Um, yes, I did. I just did not. Um, The whole, you have bipolar, so you're not believable as a person just 
really irritated me because I've worked That's... in mental health since 2007 and just no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's one thing. Bipolar disorder is something that is getting more representation in horror. It's something I don't see as much in YA. I, one of my big criticisms of the book, um, coming at it from that lens is that I was not a fan of how it was portrayed, but I do like that it addressed some of the, I, and this is, I don't read a lot of YA, so I, I don't have as good a point of reference. One thing that horror tries to do a lot when it tackles uh, stuff like this uh, is that it talks about the struggles that characters have being believed when they've been diagnosed with something like bipolar disorder. Um, and I I really liked early in the book that they, I felt like it was trying to play with that, you know, where it's like, she has bipolar disorder, but these things are really happening. And we as the audience are aware that it's really happening to her as she's trying to get help and not being believed. I wish they had leaned into a little bit more addressing like toward the end uh, that people were in the wrong not to believe her. Um, but I did like, because, you know, in horror, sometimes we as the audience also don't know if we can believe her, because you never know until you make it to the end of a book, usually, in a, in a horror book, um, whether or not the book is going to be like, she made it up all, the, all along because she was bipolar, or if it's really going to address that theme. Um, and I like that right off the bat in this one, you believe Lila, you know, like she has this disorder, you believe what's happening to her. And I, I do, I, but I agree with you. I wish that like at the end there had been a resolution because her family gets away with pretty much not believing her the entire time. And there's no resolution to that, which kind of sucked because that's where I thought it was going. Well, and that, you know, and that kind of brings me to my, my second criticism is the book was only 193 pages, which considering the size of books that I read, 193 pages is like nothing. I mean, you might as well hand me a short story. <laughs> you know, um, typically the books that I read are 300 pages or more. Um, and, you know, if I'm reading a book that's shorter than 400 pages, it's pretty rare. Um, and if I'm reading one that's fewer than 300, um, it's probably um, like part of a series, like part of a pretty short series. So um, it's rare for me to read a book that is fewer than 200 pages. Rare, 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 rare for me to do that. <laughs> and so it, you know, I went into it with kind of, one expectation of how the story was going to play out and it still felt rushed um you know because there wasn't a whole lot of resolution um and it you know it just kind of you know there wasn't a whole lot of introduction to Katie's character you know we didn't really get to know who she was it was just we were introduced to her at, she's at this house and she has no idea why she's there and you know so 
basically all we really know about her is she's this girl that died in a fire in the house that Katie or not Katie uh, Rose and Lila are living in now. That's almost all we know about her. And so we don't really get a whole lot of introduction to her. Um, most of what we know about Lila is that she has bipolar disorder. Um, that's like, you know, Hey, that's going to be her whole entire personality. Um, and she had a so, guitar that she played once. She's bipolar and has a guitar. <laughs> that's two personal bipolar musician. Oh my God. What a stereotype. Jeez. Um, so, you know, it's there, there wasn't a whole lot of character development and I, I just really feel like there could have been about a hundred pages added to the book for that character development and it would not have felt as rushed. So, um, to hop in on that, I, I did not know what to expect going into this because I have, I said that I don't read a lot of YA, which is true, but I had, I, I did like a YA recommended list earlier this year. Um, and all of those books were about like four to 600 pages. So, uh, the YA that I have read in more recent years has been longer, but horror is going through like this short fiction renaissance right now. So in the week that I read Ask the Girl, I actually read three other horror novellas that were roughly this length. Um, so I, I, and I fully believe that you can have like really well told it, like short form fiction like this in the horror genre. I did not know what to expect going into it like as YA though, because I am used to YA fiction being very long so I, I was interested to see I could not tell there are four characters in this uh there are four like female characters of roughly the same age on two timelines there are the three perspective the chapters and then there's also Katie's sister Emma I had the and it was I knew right away that Lila played the guitar because I like in my head I was like separating them I was like there's the one with the guitar there's the one with the camera there's the dead one and the other sister um because like yeah they don't have a lot of development and it's it's frustrating because I read so many books that week that had really strong character development in this many pages or less often and uh, and I felt like I left knowing the characters because they were so focused stories. It's like, here's the worst night of this person's life or, you know, here's this recurring theme for these two people that are having like this really intimate tragedy. Um, and this had a lot of characters. It had three perspective chapters. It had um, the past timeline with Katie and her husband and her or her fiance and her sister and their mom and you know and then their descendants and then it also had like all of Lila and Rose's family and they're meeting new friends and they're going to school and it takes place over like a longer period of time than I thought it was going to they try to cram she tries to cram so much stuff into this like little teeny tiny book and I think that lack of focus did make things like character development and even kind of the like reason for the haunting very rushed like <laughs> it's uh, yeah it just it did feel it did feel rushed I mean and 
I mean, overall, the book wasn't bad. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to, you know, go into this and, you know, tell people, no, you should never read this book because it, you know, overall it was not a bad book. And I do think that there are people out there that, um, you know, enjoy YA and, and would enjoy this book. I doubt I would ever read it again. Um, just because it did, it did have that rushed feeling to it. And I, I don't, I don't like my stories feeling rushed. Um, that's, that's just my personal thing. You know, I like to really dig into these character developments and who these people are, even when the characters aren't the ones driving the story, like in this book, the characters are the ones driving the story. Um, even when it's the action driving the story, I still want to know who these people are. And if I don't get that, if I don't get that connection to these people, I, I have trouble enjoying this story. I, I just do. And that's how I feel when a story feels rushed to me like this is I don't get that connection to the characters and I don't have, you know, that, that empathy with them, you know, and I, there's a, a book that I, I'm not necessarily comparing the two books because they are very much in two separate genres. This one is thriller, YA thriller. The other one is fantasy. Um, but I, it's an example of how quickly an author can get me to connect to a character. And um, the, um, the book is The Mountain of Souls by Marcus Lee. Um, I think the, my review, uh, like a third of the way through, you had, you had decided, okay, I'm not reading anymore. I need this book. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, I think I was like less than 10%. I think I was like seven to 10 pages into the book and had already connected so well with the main character that I wanted to protect her with like my very being. And so it is very, I wouldn't necessarily say it's easy to do, um, but if you can do it well, then I am more likely to really give your book a rave review, even if the rest of the story, which in the Mountain of Souls is not the case, um, even if the rest of the book feels kind of rushed, if I feel that connection with that character, I'm going to enjoy it a whole lot more. And I just didn't oh. feel that in this book. Um, I also just before I meant to say this at the beginning, and I completely spaced it. Um, but I do want to. I also. Um, I had more criticisms, I feel like, than selling points for this book, but I also would not recommend that, like, people avoid it or not read it or uh, because it does something that I think is um, I th that I think is really good. And you can probably attest to this a little bit more than I can. But I think that uh, people that don't read horror need more like spooky Halloween options that aren't going to push it too far. 
Um, I have nothing against this book. Like, it didn't offend me. I think if this is something that you're looking for, like, it fills a very well-needed niche in fiction. I actually have, because I knew, I only read it, like, I, I think like a week and a half ago, but because I wanted to test the theory before we recorded this, and I'm glad I had the extra couple of days because I, I got some feedback on it. I've been recommending it to people that I think would like it more than I did. And it's gotten really good reception with like my friends and family. Uh, so it's not the kind of book for me. And I do have like, as we go on, I do have more criticisms of it. But I, if you're looking for something that's like spooky without being scary, a lot of people that I now know personally, and actually my mom is going to be kind of irritated with me because I took back, I, I lent her my copy and she's got like a fourth of it left to go and I borrowed it back so that I could come do this podcast. <laughs> but like, I seriously, people are loving this. So it's like, you know, I as I talk about things that didn't work for me, I'm in no way trying to dissuade other people from reading it uh, because it works for a lot of people. My kitty cat says hi. Hi. <laughs> oh. And he's a black cat, so it's perfect for Halloween. Perfect. <laughs> I, I'm just really hoping he doesn't decide that he needs to lay on the keyboard itself. <laughs> that is his habit. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he was going to lay down right here whether I wanted him to or not. So <laughs> if I, if I wanted my computer to stay safe, my computer had to move. Um, Cause it, I mean, it was just going to happen. Um, he, he just does that um, every once in a while, especially if I'm on my computer, um, he will just come over here and he'll be like, you know what, mom, <laughs> it's lap time. So um it's particularly fun when I'm using my mouse because he'll like drape his, his chin like over my wrist. And so mm -hmm. then I can't like use that wrist and it's always my right one, which is my mouse of wrist. Of course. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so that's super fun. Um, but yeah, I, um, I have to, I have to agree with you on, um, and he did not stay long. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, yeah, just just a short little visit. Um, I I think I have to agree that you know it. This is not a book that I would recommend to my mom, mm -hmm. um, just because <laughs> my my mom does not read scary like at all or creepy or spooky or you know anything that has to do with ghosts or possession or anything like that. Um, and, you know, I was even telling her about the book um, in preparation for this and just completely spoiling the story. Like I'm just yeah. I'm telling her <laughs> and I'm like, you know, telling her just all about the story. And at one point she goes, you do know I'm never going to read this book. Right. <laughs> and I went, why do you think I'm spoiling it? I was like, I'm literally spoiling the entire book for you. I was like, because I know you're never going to read it. I was like, so why I'm, I'm like telling you the end. I'm telling you, I was like, I'm telling you everything about this book. And so this book was it, a lifesaver for me and my mom, because every year around this time, she's like, what's a spooky book I can read? And me being a horror fan, I'm like, well, here's a list of spooky books I read recently. And then I get these text messages from her that are like, 
what are you making me read? What have you done? I'm not going to be able to sleep. Like, and we go through this every year. So this year, like, I'm serious. This was a lifesaver because she was like, what's a spooky book you've read? And I'm like, I'm going on a podcast you like to talk about this. Uh, that I think is an appropriate level of spooky, you know? So, she was like, oh, thank for, God. <laughs> so for future years, for future years, I got your back. Yeah, thank you. I, I will always, because I, I like the, you know, the semi-spooky. Like, I don't, you know, like the, the stories like this one that are, you know, they kind of have that little bit of closure at the end, and you know they they don't have that visceral body horror they don't have the gore they don't have you know i'm I'm just not a fan of any of that um there was i was reading um stephen king's dark tower series um years ago years ago (laughs) and it's my favorite series by by stephen king um but there was one part that I I can barely is it blame the train? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's in, it's in book seven, and it is. Oh. I can barely think about it, much <laughs> less talk about it without gagging. Like it's yeah. awful. And I like literally, I got through like the first maybe paragraph of this particular scene, and skipped. Um, <laughs> And just, I mean, just even that first little paragraph, just like knowing what it's talking about years later, I'm talking over a decade later is enough to make me gag if I think about it too long. So I don't do gross. I, I just, I don't, I cannot do gross. Um, I have a metaphobia, so I cannot watch like people like throwing up on TV, in person. Um, if my husband gets sick, he makes me leave the house. Um, you know, it's, it's a thing. And so spooky books like this, you know, the, the semi clean and the, um, you know, they have that little bit of closure. It's the perfect level of spooky for me. Um, and I, I was really glad that, um, you were willing to, to read it along <laughs> with me. Um, and cause I honestly didn't know who else I was, you know, going to get <laughs> to get to read a book with me. Um, but, um, you know, I, I do, you know, along with you, I think I have probably more criticisms than, um, than raves, but I'm not going to, say I'm not going to use those criticisms ever to say don't read the book right Um, it's just read the book with these caveats in mind you know and also if you're ever someone that has asked me for a Halloween (laughs) recommendation and then been like scarred for life by the book I've recommended read this <laughs> this is my alternative now um and if and if I you've ever asked me for a Halloween recommendation which nobody ever has um then you know or if you plan on asking me for a Halloween recommendation um then you know check this one out and there's my husband we are in the middle of recording and my husband is walking in the front door um so I am going to head into the bedroom real quick 
and um, then I'm going to set you talking so I can come back here, back out here and get my charger. So um, okay. give me just one quick second. So um, actually, I'm going to get you talking right now as I'm walking. Um, okay. So any, any other criticisms or notes that you want to put on the book? Uh, so one criticism that I had of the book, and this is uh, like I have some technical criticisms of the book that I kind of want to finish with. But I like one personal preference that really bothered me um, that might not bother you as a reader. Um, I did not like I, the ghost had perspective chapters. And I when I read the prologue, I was like, this is really interesting. Um, it's a very interesting prologue because it sets us up with like a little bit of context for the ghost. And then it's going to be a mis uh, like a mystery how she got there. That is something that I was looking forward to reading in the book. And then I found out that the ghost had perspective chapters, which as a horror fan, it took a lot of the like um, fear out of the concept of having a ghost uh, to give her perspective chapters. So it, it made it less scary, which, you know, bad thing for me who likes all the scary uh but also the ghost chapters katie's perspective chapters are written in the in a different tense they're written in the third person um present tense where the rest of the book is written in first person past tense and i have a really tough time there are a couple books that i can think of well, actually there aren't any i can think of off the top of my head there were a couple i could think of while i was reading it that have done a really good job playing with tense like this but generally uh that's something that will really take me out of the reading experience if i have to jump back and forth between like huge stylistic changes like this and actually um moving into a technical criticism of the book there are actually a few places toward the end uh where the author also seems to have forgotten what tense which sections are in uh and that that really tripped me up um like as someone that does that has had freelance editing jobs like that drove me crazy uh, so so that was I, I think my biggest technical criticism of the book and I mean like there are some things too like there are typos in here um I do think it could have used a pass from an editor which I and I feel bad because it's like on the one hand I feel bad harping on like self-published books for those kinds of errors uh but on the other hand I you know hiring an editor I think is kind of an important part of the I, I always hire an editor before I self-publish books all two of the ones that I've self-published um have been edited by someone other than me just to catch stuff like the typos and you know like the formatting errors and like little things like that so it's something to be wary of if you're going to pick up the book um but if that kind of thing doesn't bother you you know it didn't I other than a couple places, it did not impact my enjoyment of the story. So, yeah, I, you know, when it comes to like the technical stuff, I tend to just kind of, when it comes to self-published, especially, I tend to just kind of ignore them as I'm reading. Um, just because, and this is going to sound absolutely horrible, <laughs> but I tend to expect it when it comes to self-published. It's really sad and it makes me sound like a horrible person and I know, and I'm sorry. Um, it's hard. It's because it's know. like, you, you know, that there are people that are doing it 
all themselves, you know, and then it's yeah. easier to forgive. Um, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite uh, authors who I can never, ever talk about on this podcast for doing like the most depraved stuff I've ever read. Uh, but she does it like all 100% herself. And it's like, you know, I expect a couple typos or whatever. But it's like as a genre, I... I it, it it sucks because there are like these beautiful, like wonderful self-published things that have as much like time and energy and money sometimes put behind them that are getting dismissed because, you know, a lot of people do expect the typos and the errors and stuff. Yeah. And it, I believe both yeah. of those sides. <laughs> I'm on both and, sides of that argument. You know, I, you know, and well, and I, because I read a lot of self-published and a lot of indie, you know, I, I just kind of go into them expecting that. And then, you know, of course I do find the books where I am pleasantly surprised. Um, I find the books where I see exactly what I expected. Um, and then I see the books where I feel like the author just dropped their first draft. <laughs> um no I'm not naming names I'm not that horrible of a person um but you know there it's there's a spectrum across even the self-published and you know I and I will find that in mainstream as well you know so it's not like I only see the typos and the the bad editing and the, you know, all of that. It's, I don't just see that in self-published and indie. I will see it in mainstream too. Um, I do want to, I like, I also will refrain from naming names, although anyone that talks to me about books ever will know exactly the book I'm referring to. The worst edited YA book I've ever read in my entire life. I read this year. It was uh, like put out by a big five publisher and it drove me crazy so yeah it's not an indie exclusive thing like yeah. it is no, a you know not. and you know I just I find myself you know just kind of expecting that and so I because I expect it I I tend to forgive it a lot more um in the self-published in in indie and so I I find myself able to ignore it a little bit easier um in the self-published, if it's really bad, um, I will put in my review. Um, I hope the author sees this <laughs> and hires me to edit their next book. Um, <laughs> but that's rare. Um, I, you know, but I, it doesn't affect my enjoyment um, or lack thereof. There was, you know, one book that... Um, I don't even remember if it's indie or mainstream. I will name names on this one because I've mentioned it several times, but Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. <laughs> Absolutely hated that book. Yeah. Hated it. Um, not because it was badly edited or anything like that, but because there were, um, there was a trigger warning at the beginning, did not list um, a particular um, trigger that I think should have mm -hmm. and um by listing you know and I can kind of sort of understand why she didn't um 
And if you've read the book, you probably, and you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) if I, if I were to specifically say what the trigger was, it might spoil the story, which might possibly explain why she didn't. So stuff like that, like this is a really common thing in like the extreme horror genre and which is not how I would classify Lee Bardugo, but it's a very common thing in publishing to be like list of trigger warnings in the back on the front page. And then like, if you're not worried, if you're more worried about triggers than spoilers, you can flip to the back to find the full list. And that was kind of how I felt like Ninth House maybe should have been handled um, yeah, because I mean, yeah, because there were just there were a couple that I was like, yeah, okay, there, you, there, this one should have had a warning. You just should have, and it just really, really hurt my heart that it didn't have one. And or like a lot of writers also like a website. You can link to a website. Uh, you can be like full list of triggers here, so that you like literally. Ha- but I, I do think it's important for like for common upsetting material that you that one yeah it should have had an option Um, there there should have been something yeah so going back to because we could probably sit and talk for three hours um about various trigger warnings um going back to ask the girl um what do you think that there are any trigger warnings um that we should warn the audience about i can't think of really any um unless like discussions Uh, of mental health um, um, i would trigger warn this for uh suicide ideation uh, not ideations for for suicide discussions um just because as uh, that's not Listen, I'm the kind of person who will read the kind of books that I read and just totally disregard the <laughs> trigger warnings. I'm not like a super sensitive person uh, when it comes to reading stuff like that. Like it, it doesn't really bother me for the most part. Um, even the things I know I'm kind of more sensitive to. I, I'm a mood reader. So like if I'm feeling more sensitive about something, I'll just pick up a different book, you know, like it's not a huge deal to me. Um, That being said, while I was reading this, um, I I think it, it broaches the topic of like the fallout of suicide in a way that is very, um, I I don't want to say like it, it's uncomfortable. I would maybe flag for that because like, even as like, if it's bad enough that I'm aware of it while I'm reading, I know people that are more sensitive to it who would have had a tough time, you know? Well, and there are, um, there are discussions of the, um, the actual, like what happened, um, as well. So it's not, just discussions about the fallout um it was discussions about the actual um act of it itself so um i i definitely agree that um you should be warned um about that it's you know and that part did again feel kind of rushed um but you know again the book is only 193 pages you guys (laughs) There wasn't a whole lot of room for that sort of development. Uh, so 
it's, you know, I, I really wish that, I do really wish that the, the author had just been able to, to put a little bit more of that development in there and just add a little bit more fleshing out of things. Uh, for reference, I have, I, it's not coming out for a while, but I have a book coming out that's like 150 pages, I think, that deals with suicide. And that's pretty much, that's like the one thing that it deals with, <laughs> like, because that's, uh, you know, what I had room for, because it's like a really serious thing, you know. So yeah, it, it, it felt very rushed um, comparatively to me, but it, it you know, it, for a YA book, I also understand not wanting to go into it. I think the part that really got me, because it wasn't like, again, kind of that resolution that I would have liked to see, um, we get to see kind of the anger that the daughter has over her father's uh, taking of his own life. And it was, um, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like you can have a character be really angry and bitter about this. But I I wasn't a huge fan of how it was painted, like, because when she's talking to his, um, like, spirit at the end, he's like, you know, it's not going to happen to you because you're stronger than me. And I, I don't really like when they paint it as a weakness in someone. Um, so I wasn't like, it's one of those things where it's like, as a conversation for a father and daughter, I loved that. You know, because you you put it into the context that the other person can understand. And I, I get that. And it felt very realistic. But like as a message to take away in a YA book, it's like maybe we could have done a little bit better here. So I'm now going to have to put a note at the beginning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um. So, uh, yeah, so everybody, I, I hope you, um, Sorry. yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm just going to have to remember to put in the note about potential spoilers. Um, but, um, hopefully I will remember, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you an email. I'll be like, I spoiled this book. Um, <laughs> um, so who, um, like other than like the people that you have already um, recommended the book to, like what kind of people um, do you think would enjoy um, the book? Um, I do. I think anyone that likes YA is going to enjoy this. Um, it's very rooted in that style of writing. At, in uh, uh, actually, YA has kind of changed to be more um, indulgent in recent years uh it's it's very indicative of like mid-aughts YA fiction which is when I was reading the most YA fiction um in that it is it's very fast-paced it's very um like action forward you know it's like here's a problem we're gonna take care of it in these steps like it is it's very fast moving I think anyone that kind of struggles with um like stuff that's too scary or stuff that feels too slow. I think this is a really solid alternative. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I have to, um, I think I have to agree with you there. Um, that was a very diplomatic way of, um, putting, um, Hey, if you like stories that are rushed, uh, <laughs> um, cause I couldn't think of a way to say that. Um, <laughs> So I, I think that was a, a really great way to, to put it. Um, I, you know, I don't really know 
very many people who read um, like scary stories or spooky stories. Um, but I do want to say that, um, you know, any of my listeners out there, um, that, I mean, it's Halloween, you guys. Um, so if you, if you want something just semi-lighthearted, um, and semi-spooky, um, that this is the, the perfect Halloween read, um, for, for people who don't like Kat's version of scary. (laughs) Um, if you like Kat's version of horror, then, you know, just read this with the, the couple of caveats, um, that it may not be as scary as you're expecting. But, um, if you, you know, if you like just the, the lighthearted, cozy, spooky, um, quote unquote, I made the quote fingers, um, (laughs) then, um, you know, this, this book would be just kind of the perfect little Halloween read for you. And you might even be able to read it in a day. So. Oh, I read this in a sitting. You can absolutely read it in like, uh, it's very, it goes it, very quickly. Like yeah. I think I read it in like two, um, maybe, maybe three. Um, but I actually, um, in case anyone wants a little insight into my life, I actually read this, um, in the same sitting that I read a different, uh, like extreme horror novel. <laughs> like it was a weird day. Um, yeah. Eventually, eventually, I will have the time where I can just sit all day and read, um, <laughs> read, review, read, review, read, review. Um, that would be that would be amazing um, to be able to do that. Um, eventually, um, I'm getting there. Um, people send me money, so I can. <laughs> um, I'm only half kidding. Um, but, um, I do have, you know, editing positions available, um, editing spots open, um, just putting that out there. Um, but so overall, um, what, um, just your overall, like 30 second review, um, of Ask the Girl. Um, it's not one that I would recommend to horror fans or ghost lore experts, but it is one that I would recommend to fans of YA. Uh, overall, I felt some of the character development was lacking. Uh, it had pacing issues and stylistic choices that weren't for me, but it also delves into interesting themes. And I, you know, it's, I, it, it's not bad. <laughs> Like, even as someone where it's like, this wasn't for me, I didn't think it was bad. Um, okay, so my 30-second review, um, if I can even make it 30 seconds. Um, yeah, 30 I, seconds is hard. <laughs> I, it is hard. Maybe we should have made it 15 seconds. I, um, it did have, did have pacing issues. Um, I did feel like um, Ask the Girl was um, a little bit rushed. Um, I didn't notice the same stylistic issues, uh, but uh, that's probably because I've just kind of trained myself to ignore them. Um, and I, I do think that the, the book, the relationship between Lila and Rose, I thought was really interesting. Um, even if it didn't, even if the book didn't really delve into that relationship too much, um, I did feel like, um, the the relationship between the two of them if it had been flushed out a little bit more um we could have 
you know, really felt the love between them and really felt that that relationship between them grow and evolve would have been really great um, to to see. So um, other than that, I, th I thought it was good. Um, it's not one that I would read again, um, but it is one that um, <clears throat> I will say read once. Um, it may not be may not be one that you'll ever read again, um, but definitely one you should read once. It's a fun, spooky way to spend an evening. Yeah. Um, um, is okay. it okay if I plug another book real fast? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, if away. you if you are someone that does like my book recommendations, um, for being scary and violent, if you're a horror fan and you're looking for something that deals with similar themes. Uh, but for adults, like definitely for adults, uh, Don't Go Into That House by Ruth Anna Evans uh, also deals with like hauntings. It deals with uh, like the issues surrounding uh, bipolar disorder and it's it's very well written. It's also very fast paced, but it's more tightly focused. It's like we're going to deal with this haunting real quick. And that's like the entire it's actually about this length, honestly, but it's like super focused in on those scares. So if you're looking for something, you know, what I would recommend. <laughs> um, I have absolutely no super spooky um other recommendations <laughs> i um i'm kind of tempted actually to um to plug a more lighthearted read um actually. yeah get the full spectrum in there <laughs> yeah let's get the full spectrum now i just have to think of one that i just finished reading um i I kind of think I want to recommend one that I just finished uh, typing up my review yesterday. Um, it's called The Lies I Tell by Julie Clark. And it's a it's classified as a domestic thriller. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it domestic. Um, just because when when I hear domestic thriller, I think of thriller between like a husband and a wife I or also between like a that. wife and a wife. Um, so I don't know why they call it domestic thriller, um, but I absolutely loved it. Um, and it's about um, one woman, Meg, and she um, she's a con artist. And she um, has changed her identity multiple times. Um, and the, the other woman, her name is Kat. And um, Kat is a journalist and blogger. And 10 years ago, Meg ruined Kat's life. Um, I'm not going to say how. I'm not going to say why. Um, but um, Kat is basically determined to bring Meg to justice and, like, just expose her for who she is. So it tells, the story tells past, present, um, Kat's perspective and Meg's perspective. Um, and it's nice little thriller, really good, uh, pretty lighthearted for the most part. Um, but if you are looking for something that is not spooky at all, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely check out The Lies I Tell by Julie Clark. So there you go. Full spectrum, not quite spooky, really spooky, and not <laughs> spooky at all. So there you go. 
<laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. And um, we hopefully at some point we may be back with another book chat. Um, we'll we'll see if you know Cat can get me um, with something a little bit scarier. We'll see. Um, doubtful, but we'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, um, hopefully we will uh, both have uh, some reviews up for you guys very soon on the Picky Bookworm. Um, this will be up. Um, uh, we are pretending today is Halloween, um, but we're recording early. So this will be up on Halloween. Hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Stay safe. Don't forget your flashlight. Have fun trick-or-treating kids and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of the Picky Bookworm Podcast. Happy Halloween! Woo! I, I'm not good at making the scary noises. <laughs> uh, I'm just not a scary person. Um, ask anybody. I am not a scary person. Um, my husband will tell you that I am crazy. He'll not tell you that I'm scary. <laughs> so... Um, I, I think if I had more practice, I might have been able to make the scary noises. Um, I might have to find some special effects or something and add them in there. Uh, see if we can add some spookiness. But um, my good friend, Kat Velour, is on the show with me today. We um, decided, what, about a month and a half ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, that with your love for horror and, um, my love for recording book chats <laughs> that we would, um, that we wanted to, um, read a book together and come on and discuss. And, um, we are recording this early, but we, um, I'm going to publish this on Halloween. So, um, we, we are going to, do our best, I guess, to talk like today's Halloween. Woo! Um, <laughs> Every day for me is Halloween. So oh, that's going to be. There you go. Um, and no day for me is Halloween. Um, <laughs> it is just not my favorite holiday. So um, when I was a kid, it was, uh, I loved, I loved Halloween, loved getting to dress up um, in, in costumes. And as I, I'm just old, I guess. I don't know. It's just not. Um, don't eat that much candy anymore. Um, just, I, you know, just Halloween is just not my thing anymore. So, um, don't even really read that many scary books. Um, but I, I did manage to find a ghost story. Um, <laughs> and, uh, one that Kat was able to get a hold of, um, quickly enough to, to read, um, it is called Ask the Girl uh, by Kim Bartosh. Hope I pronounced that okay. Um, Kim, if you ever listen to this, um, just let me know, please. Um, and surprisingly enough, um, it was not that creepy. Um, but it was, I really enjoyed it, surprisingly enough, uh, for it being a ghost. Blah, 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 blah. Ghost. <laughs> story um oh and just quick fyi for everybody my adhd is unmedicated today so yeah i will apologize in advance um i am now on an extended release medication and if i take it too late in the morning then i don't sleep that night i didn't wake up till nine o'clock this morning and that's too late to take my meds so um, I, I'm a bit unmedicated today. 
apologize in advance, but we're still going to have a good time. We're still going to have a great chat. Um, we're going to still talk about some ghosties and uh, some ghost stories. So uh, real quick, uh, Kat, since you have the the hard copy um, book handy, um, will you read the, the blurb um, and synopsis real quick of Ask the Girl by Kim Bartosh? Absolutely. Uh, so the back reads, forgiveness is her salvation, but revenge is her desire. Nobody believes 16-year-old Lila Sadler, who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Nobody believes that Lila's sister, Rose, is possessed by the ghost of Katie Watkins. As Rose's health worsens each day, the only way to save her is to uncover the awful truth of Katie's death so many years ago. And nobody knows what happened to Katie on October 31st, 1925. Not even Katie. Unaware that she was murdered, Katie has wandered for a hundred years in complete ignorance until the day she meets Rose and Lila. Together, Lila, Rose, and Katie must confront their demons to escape this hell. But will they be able to escape? Can they forgive the unforgivable? It's, yeah. Um, so, overall... Oh. Hello? Uh-oh. 